For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. This is part nine of the series. When you don't do all the things that are written in the Torah to do them, that because the Torah was given as a covenant, you're under a curse. And so, therefore, when you're under the curse, because you're a covenant breaker, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, you need a Savior. You need a Redeemer. And who is that? That's Yeshua. And so, Yeshua, Paul explains, redeems us from us not following the Torah, from the curse of the Torah. And the curse of the Torah is when we break the Torah, and so the curse of the Torah comes about when we sin, and sin is transgressing the Torah. 1 John chapter 3 verse 4. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Messiah has redeemed us from the curse of the Torah, being made a curse for us. And now he quotes from the Torah. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So Paul was referring to Deuteronomy chapter 21 in verses 22 and 23. That if a man has committed a sin worthy of death, and he be to be put to death, you shall hang him on a tree. And So how would a man commit a sin worthy of death? By being rebellious? by not following the Torah, by putting himself under a curse, and that if you're rebellious to follow the Torah, you deserve death. And so his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but you shall in any wise bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God. And so Yeshua wasn't rebellious to do the will of his father, but as we're told in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 verse 21, he has made him to be sin for us. Yeshua was made sin. He took upon himself the penalty of someone that's rebellious against the Torah, even though he knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Yeshua is our righteousness. We cannot establish our own righteousness. So Paul here is showing the difference in what the Torah teaches regarding how Abraham was made righteous, how the Torah teaches us that we can't establish our own righteousness, that righteousness comes by faith or trusting in the God of Israel when he bestows grace upon us. And he contrasts this to trusting in the works of the law, which is establishing our own righteousness or trying to follow the Torah in an incorrect way. And in this case, trying to follow it according to the teachings of the rabbis and submit to their authority, given that the way in which they 
they're teaching the Torah is to not believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. So Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, but that no man is justified by, in the context that Paul has been explaining, by trusting in the works of the law, in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So now Paul is quoting from the Hebrew scriptures, and when he states that the just shall live by faith, he's quoting Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, that the just shall live by faith. So Paul is teaching correctly what the Torah and the prophets say compared to the rabbis who are incorrectly teaching what the Torah and the prophets say. And Paul then stated in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 that the righteousness of God is living by faith. They're putting your faith, trust, and confidence in the God of Israel. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. How important is putting your faith, trust, and confidence in the God of Israel? Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, as it is written. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So, Paul taught in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And he repeats this in Romans chapter 3, verse 28. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds or the works of the Torah. And so, because we're saved by grace through faith, we cannot boast in our own salvation. Could the children of Israel, when they were redeemed out of Egypt, boast in their own salvation? No, they did not deserve it. It was by grace, but it came by faith, putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Could Abraham boast in his own salvation? No, because he was declared righteous by trusting and believing in the instruction and the promises that the God of Israel made to him. So Paul writes in Romans chapter 3 verse 27, where is boasting then? It is excluded. We and ourselves cannot boast in ourselves. Why? Because of works? Because of establishing our own righteousness? No, but by the law of faith, trusting or believing in the God of Israel. So man is not to trust in his own righteousness for his salvation. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. And being found in him not having my own righteousness, but that which is through the faith of Messiah, the righteousness which is of God by faith. We can see that Yeshua, he is our righteousness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We see how Yeshua is our righteousness. Romans chapter 3 verse 22. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Yeshua HaMashiach, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. There's no difference between Jew and non-Jew. The righteousness of God comes by grace through faith in believing in Yeshua as the Messiah and in his redemptive work when he died on the tree and shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of him are you in Messiah Yeshua, who is of God, and Yeshua is made unto us wisdom. He's 
made unto us righteousness. He's made unto us sanctification. And he's made unto us redemption. And so then Paul is explaining and he's contrasting that trusting in the works of the law, which is establishing our own righteousness. And Paul also uses this phrase and associates it with trying to follow the Torah through the teachings and the instructions of the rabbis and submitting yourselves to their decisions and their authority, that that is not true Torah faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 12. And the, in context, works of the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. And so Paul also makes this same claim in Romans in chapter 10, verse 5. For Moses, or the Torah, describes the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does those things shall live in them. In other words, if I'm going to establish my own righteousness, I must follow the Torah at all times and never fail in doing so. And outside of Yeshua, what man has ever followed the Torah and never failed in following the Torah? None. No, not one. And so when Paul states that the man which does those things shall live by them, he's making a reference to and quoting Leviticus chapter 18 verse 5. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if you follow the Torah, if a man does, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. And so because the Torah was given as a covenant, if I break any part of the covenant, I've broken the covenant. Committing one sin, breaking the covenant, is equivalent to breaking the covenant, the entire Torah. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then in James chapter 2 verse 10, whoever will keep the whole Torah but yet violates one part of the Torah He's guilty of violating the entire Torah because it was given as a covenant. And so we're told in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, whoever commits sin transgresses the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. So in Galatians, Paul is explaining that trusting in the works of the law, establishing our own righteousness, or trying to follow the Torah according to teachings of the rabbis and submitting to their decisions and their authority, that that is not what the Torah teaches about how we're righteous before the God of Israel. Galatians chapter 3 verse 21. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the, in context, the works of the law. And so if something would have been given by which we all could do it without violation, then righteousness would have came that way. But there isn't anything like that. So that's why God's righteousness and Torah righteousness is by grace through faith, and it's not based upon our own righteousness. Following Torah is being spiritually minded, and so that is because Paul explained in Romans chapter 7 verse 14, for we know that the Torah is spiritual. And then given that the Torah is spiritual, Paul then says in Romans chapter 8 verse 6, to be spiritually minded is life. 
and to be spiritually minded is peace. And if we take those two words, life and peace, back into the Hebrew, they're two of the most important words in the Hebrew language. Life is high and peace is shalom. And whenever you do a toast in the Hebrew culture, you say the words lachayim, to life. In other words, may you have the best that life has to offer. To be spiritually minded, to follow the Torah, is the best of life that the God of Israel offers, and it also gives you shalom. It also gives you peace. Paul taught that the Torah and the prophets testify of the righteousness of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God, and then he says, is witnessed by the Torah and the prophets. And so how does the Torah and the prophets witness of God's righteousness? Well, the Torah teaches that we cannot trust in our own righteousness. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 4. Speak not in your heart after the Lord your God has cast the nations out from before you, saying that it was because of my righteousness that the Lord brought me in to possess this land, but it was because of the wickedness of those nations the Lord has drive them out from before you. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 5. It's not for your righteousness or for your uprightness of heart do you go to possess the land, but it's because of the wickedness of those nations that the Lord your God does drive them out from before you, that he might be faithful to his covenant promises, that he might perform the word which the Lord swore unto your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 6. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God gives you not this good land to possess it because of your own righteousness, because you are a stiff-necked people. So that's what the Torah testifies. What do the prophets testify of? Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 12 and 13. Therefore, son of man, say unto the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. Under what condition? When I say to the righteous that he will live, if he trusts in his own righteousness and sins, all his righteousness will not be remembered. But for his sin or his iniquity that he's committed, he will die for it. So the Torah and the prophets testify that we cannot establish our own righteousness. We cannot trust in our own righteousness for our salvation because the Lord Yeshua, he is our righteousness. Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I'll raise unto David a righteous branch and a king will reign and prosper and will execute judgment and justice in the earth. And his days, that is in the days of the Messiah, because who's the one that's going to be from David and will be a king that will reign and prosper and execute judgment and justice in the earth? That's the Messiah. In his days, that is in the days of the Messiah, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he, the Messiah, will be called the Lord. He is our righteousness. And so we're saved by grace through faith and And by faith, we receive the promises of God and we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 3 verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham, and what's the blessing of Abraham? That by trusting, he was counted as righteous before the God of Israel. Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. That that blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Messiah Yeshua. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
The new covenant is the Torah written upon our hearts. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33. This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their inward parts and I will write my Torah in their hearts. That is quoted in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my Torah in their mind and I will write it in their hearts. And so it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to walk in Yeshua's Torah. Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 26 and 27. A new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and to do them. So we're going to be given a new heart and uh, the old heart was a stony heart. The new heart is a heart of flesh. The new heart is the circumcised heart. So I'm going to give you a circumcised heart. I'm going to put my spirit within you and the outcome, the result is I'm going to cause you to follow my Torah. And this is the way that Paul testified that he expressed his faith in Yeshua as the Messiah. Because he says in Romans chapter 7 verse 22, I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. And so next we're going to see where Paul says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 16, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He says not in the seeds as of many, but as of one and to your seed, which is Messiah, that here Paul was making a reference to Genesis chapter 17 verse 7 which says and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God unto you and to your seed after you. So now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He doesn't say seeds. He didn't say seeds in Genesis 17 verse 7 but your seed which is Messiah. So the promises of God was made to Abraham and his seed. And the promises of God are inherited by faith and believing in those promises. Galatians chapter 3 verse 18. For if the inheritance be of the law in context, if the inheritance came by establishing my own righteousness, then it's not by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. And so we inherit the promises of God by faith, not by establishing our own righteousness, by trusting in the Lord, in him and his ability to fulfill his promise that he made to us. Romans chapter 4 verse 13. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law that is in establishing our own righteousness but through the righteousness of faith by grace through faith. We do not inherit the promises of God by our own righteousness. Romans chapter 4 verse 14. For if they which are of the law or the works of the law or establishing your own righteousness if this is how we become heirs of God's promises, then it's not by trusting in him. Faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. And now Paul says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 22 that all sin and fail to achieve our own righteousness. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that we cannot establish our own righteousness. And he says that the scripture has concluded all under sin. Why? How? Because the Torah was given as a covenant. If you break any part of the covenant, you've broken the entire covenant. And that's why he also states in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So therefore, 
we inherit the promises of God and they are given to all to receive by grace through faith. Romans chapter 4 verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith, trusting in the God of Israel and in his promises, that it might be by grace, we don't deserve it because it's not based upon our own righteousness, to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, because all the seed are going to receive the promises by grace through faith and not based upon their own righteousness. To that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, Abraham was not weak in faith to believe the promises of God. Romans chapter 4 verse 19. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So someone that's weak in faith, they will be influenced by their natural eyes, by their natural circumstances. But Abraham was strong in faith in believing the promises of God. Romans chapter 4 verses 20 and 21. Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. Abraham's righteousness was believing in the promises of God. Romans chapter 4 verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now the promises of God are confirmed by God by his own integrity to do what he has said. He confirms it by his own oath. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 and 14 and verse 16. When God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. For men verily swear by the greater in an oath is a confirmation to them and it settles any doubt. It's an end of all strife. And so in Hebrews in chapter 6 verse 14 where it says, Surely blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you. It's referring to Genesis chapter 22 verse 16 and he said, By myself I have sworn with an oath because you've done this thing and you've not withheld your son, your only son. That in blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And so the children of promise are the true spiritual seed of Abraham. Romans chapter 9, verses 7 through 9. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. That is in the natural, in the physical. But it's in Isaac, and Isaac came by a promise. In Isaac shall your seed be called. That is, they which are the children of of the flesh, that is the natural born descendants. They are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, like Isaac, are counted for Abraham's seed. And so Abraham's seed and those who receive the promises made to Abraham are a spiritual people who have the heart and the faith of Abraham like Abraham and it's not just because you're physically born of Abraham. Romans chapter 9 verse 9 For this is the word of promise At this time will I come and Sarah will have a son. And so now Paul explains in Galatians chapter 3 verse 22 that the promises of God are given to those who believe. But the scripture has concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Yeshua HaMashiach might be given to all them that believe. And so Yeshua, his life and his ministry, he came to confirm, to fulfill 
the promises that was made to the fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Romans chapter 15, verse 8, it is written, Now I say that Yeshua HaMashiach was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. And so, therefore, by having the faith of Abraham, we are heirs of the promises of God through the redemptive work of Yeshua the Messiah. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, that if you are Messiahs, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. And so now Paul asks a question in Galatians chapter 3, verse 21. Well, that's going to conclude part 9 of the series on the subject, Galatians, for or against Torah. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.